Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Hey, please help me welcome all of our locations, everyone watching online right now. What up? Welcome you. Not only welcome you to Celebration this weekend, but welcome you to Student Takeover Sunday. That's right, man. We have the riot here in full force. They're kind of dispersed out. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're, they're dispersed out over our uh, services today, but it is Student Takeover Weekend, and uh, I just want to thank all of you, uh, all of you parents for, for your giving, for your supporting, for, you know, when your young person needs a ride uh, or when their friends need a ride, just doing whatever it takes to get them to God's house and get them plugged in right. Uh, as Pastor Layton said, that's our, he, he, our middle and high school ministry, and how about don't you love Pastor Layton? Doesn't he do a great, great job here at the... Uh, it's, it's great to have your young people under someone like Layton and, of course, all of our right pastors at all of our locations and, and Pastor Keith, who's over all of our students. Just a couple of things. Yeah, Keith, come on, give it up for Pastor Keith. Yeah. Just, uh, j- just a couple of things I want to speak to. Uh, first of all, this Wednesday night is right night, our big monthly Uh, youth gathering outreach to the city. We'll have over 2,000 high schoolers and middle schoolers here. And like I said earlier, um, we've seen over 2,000 young people give their lives to Jesus at these monthly riot events. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? And uh, I was with, uh, we we have Carl Lentz with us, uh, pastor of Hillsong, New York. And Carl is, Carl's a really good friend of mine. We were both speaking at a conference just last week, and he cannot wait to be here. It's going to be an amazing Wednesday night. So that's for all high schoolers and middle schoolers. It's also always open to our sub-30, our college and career. Many of them serve in the riot. But I also wanted to let you parents know, if you want to come and check out Riot and get the full experience and see what's going on, you're welcome to. We have a special parent section. It's right back, way up there in the very top dark corner of the arena here. So we, we quarantine you off, but uh, you can see what's going on. And of course, it's, it's for all of our locations. So we're pumped about this Wednesday. And just a reminder, we're in a new flow on Sunday nights. I'll preach a different message on Sunday night than I do on Sunday morning now. And uh, for all the high schoolers and middle schoolers that are gonna be here at our Sunday five o'clock service, I'm gonna lay hands on each and every one of them. I'm gonna speak a blessing over their lives. We just don't have time to do that here in our Sunday morning services. And I'm gonna preach a message tonight out of 2 Kings chapter two on the she-bears. Everybody say she-bear. It wasn't just the bears, it was when the she-bears came out and mauled 42 young people. And uh, it's a pretty controversial passage. In fact, I've never heard a pastor preach on that passage. Oh, I cannot wait to preach on it tonight. I'm going to unpack it because there's a lot of things in there that I don't think we're looking at it. And it's so important that we don't leave our young people exposed, exposed with no help with what's going on in the world around them. And I'll I'll talk about that tonight at five o'clock. But we're going to continue today in the I Love My Church series. The context for this series is what Jesus said out of Matthew chapter 16. Verse 18, when he said, I will build my church. Everybody say, my church. Jesus did not say, I'll build a church. I'll build, you know, some church or I'll build that church. No, he said, I will build my church. He takes ownership of his church. And when we take ownership of our church, it's not I go to that church or, you know, I go to this church. No, it's I go to my church. It's my church. When we take ownership of that, just as Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When you take that ownership like Jesus has and you go from being a spectator to a participator, God will begin to push back the gates of hell in your life because you're planted in a place where you can flourish. And so um, what we're looking at now is we're looking at the prophet Elisha. Everybody say Elisha. So not Elijah, Elisha. Elisha was the apprentice or disciple of Elijah. And last Sunday, we set up that Elijah is a type of Christ. Most scholars agree with that. You know, he ascended into heaven. He didn't die. 
um, like, just like Jesus overcame death and ascended into heaven. And there's all types of uh, scriptures and types and shadows of how Elijah is a type of Christ. And Elisha is a type of follower of Christ or a type of church. And last Sunday, we talked about that when Jesus commissions us, just like when Elijah commissioned Elisha, there were four places of preparation. There was Gilgal, where Elisha got purified. Come on, we're purified by the blood of Jesus. Right after Gilgal, Elijah led Elisha to Bethel. Bethel means the house of God. Now we've gotta get planted in the house of God, going from being a spectator to a participator. The next place that he led him, the next place of preparation was Jericho. That's where we learn how to overcome and fight the good fight of faith and believe God even when the circumstances don't line up with what we're believing and we trust in God's word. And then eventually we get to Jordan and Jordan represents coming into freedom and understanding our identity in Christ, who we really are in Christ and the power that we have. And so here's the thing. Last week we looked at that preparation for empowerment, but once we kind of step into that empowerment, we need to understand that, that preparation, you know, there is a game to play. And preparation is for transformation. And that's where we get into the next part of this story. So I'm gonna pick up reading here in 2 Kings chapter two. Just gonna read a few scriptures. So after the four places of preparation, now we come here to chapter two, 2 Kings, verse 19. Then the men of the city, this is Jericho, he said, then the men of the city said to Elisha, Please notice the situation of the city is pleasant. In other words, man, look at this place. Look at the surroundings, the outside, man. This is, a, this is a beautiful city. The situation of the city is pleasant as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground barren. And he said, Elisha said to them, bring me a new bowl. Everybody say new bowl. Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him, verse 21. Then he went out to the source. Everybody say source. He went out to the source of the water and cast in the salt there and said, thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it, there shall be no more death or barrenness. Verse 22, so the water remains healed to this day according to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. And then I wanna bring to your mind a very familiar passage of scripture. This is in Romans chapter one, verse 16. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So, so I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now we know what, that the gospel means what? Good news. But if I was to ask you, and a lot of times you ask me, okay, what's the gospel? People say, well, the gospel is that Jesus died for our sins. Well, that's true, but that's only part of the gospel. The Bible is very clear. It says that Christ, what? He died for our sins, he was buried, and he what? And he rose again. There's three components to the gospel, and they're all very, very significant. That's why water baptism, that, listen, if you have not been water baptism, just, just right now, touch somebody next to you and say, have you been dunked? Have you been dunked? I'm not talking about the little sprinkle, little dabble, do you? No, we gotta dunk, we gotta, we gotta go under. It's gotta be your decision. But that's why water baptism is so significant. What, what, Jesus died for our sins, for now we're forgiven, but when we go under, that represents Christ was buried. Christ was buried, Romans 6, 6, that our old man was crucified with Christ, that the body of sin might be buried, that we should be no longer slaves to sin, come on, Jesus eradicated the power of sin over your life, he left the body of sin there, and then he's raised in newness of life. And so too, you are raised in newness of life, you're a new creature in Christ, you have resurrection power on the inside of you, you are able to overcome, Christ is greater, this is, this is the gospel that we preach, this is the true gospel, Christ died for our sins, Christ was buried, and Christ rose Again, it's the power of God. Everybody say power. Okay, how many of you know God's got some power? God's got some power. He's pretty, where is the power of God? In the gospel. The person of Jesus demonstrated in that Christ died, or Christ died, Christ was buried, Christ 
rose again. We're gonna unpack that in a little bit. To salvation, everybody say salvation. Now, a lot of times when people think of salvation, they think forgiveness of sin, the, that one part, forgiveness of sin, so we can go to heaven, so we can have eternal life. And yes, that's awesome, that's part of it. But this word salvation, sozo, it actually means wholeness. In other words, the gospel is the power of God for wholeness in every area of your life. And it's, that power is available for who? For everyone who believes. I wanna talk to you about this and the power of the gospel. And I've entitled this message, most of y'all know what the message is, because this is part two from part one last week. And now you'll understand why I entitled it this, and that is, pass the salt. Pass the salt. Pass the salt, the sequel, part two. Okay, Los Dos is today. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that celebration would always be a church that preaches the true gospel, that lives the true gospel, and understands the power of the gospel, that there is forgiveness in Jesus, that there is freedom in Jesus, and that there is new life and power in Jesus, and it is available to everyone. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Go back and let's, uh, let's unpack this for a few moments here. So here's Elisha, remember a type of church, type, or a type of the church, a type of follower of Jesus. And these guys said, Elisha, please notice. I just wanna say this church, it's so important. The New Testament has a word for this. It says, be vigilant, be sober, watch. It's so important that we're truly taking notice of what's going on in our families, in our communities, in our cities. He says, please notice the situation of the city is pleasant as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground is barren. And so, like a lot of our cities, like a lot of Jacksonville, like, like, just like Jacksonville and just like a lot of cities, what the men of the city were saying was, hey look, man, look at our city, it's, it's beautiful. Look at the, look, the, the, the outward, presentation of our city. Man, it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful city. Aren't y'all glad y'all live in a beautiful city, those of you who live in North Florida, Jacksonville, OP, right here. Man, it is a beautiful city, man. We've got the beach and all the water and just, just man, it's, it, it's a beautiful city. The situation, the outward situation of our city is pleasant. However, if you look past the presentation of the city to the people that live in the city, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of hurt. If I could say, just like in this passage of scripture, there's, there's, there's toxicity, there's, there's sin. And why is that? Because all of us as, of human, as human beings, we are born into sin. We are sinners. The nature of humanity, listen, listen. The nature of humanity is depraved. Human beings, without God, we've separated ourselves from God and God himself says that the human heart is desperately wicked. Who can heal it? If you don't believe that just left to itself that the human nature is depraved, all you need to do is turn on the news. How do you think human beings would behave if we removed all laws, all forms of restraint? How do you think the human heart would do in that, that type of situation? Let me, let me ask this, let me bring it, let me bring it to home. Because remember, we're talking about sinful nature here in human beings. Let me bring it to home. Where does your mind and heart wander to when you're out of church, out of the word? out of the presence of God. Come on, do I have any honest people in here today who would say that, that the human heart, our default is, is inclined to that sinful nature? Hey, thank God for Jesus. Come on, can you give, thank God. Thank God for Jesus, get that what, there, there is a cure. 
There is hope. There is a solution. And so look what they're saying is they're like, look, look, man, uh, Elisha, it, it looks good on the outside, but when you get to underneath what's really going on, the life source of this city is corrupt. And we know that the people are the true life source of any city and that at our, at our core without God, there's, there's, we're, we're corrupt and so we cannot bear fruit. Now look what Elisha says. He says, and he said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. I like what Elisha says here. He says, bring me a new bowl. A big red <laughs> new bowl. In other words, I, I like what he says here. He says, okay, there needs to be healing for the people of this city. There needs to be a true solution to the people of this city. And that solution is gonna be so potent. It's gonna be so powerful. I can't just put it in any container, I need a, a new bowl, I could say a, a sanctified, I know that's a big religious word, sanctified, it just means set apart, I need a special bowl, a brand new bowl that is set apart for this awesome use, this awesome purpose of holding the substance or the solution to this city. You know how Jesus put it? He said, you know what? You can't put new wine into old wineskins. He said, he said, I need some stairs right here. He said, you can't put new wine into an old wine skin, it's like, it'll, it'll ruin it. it. It can't contain it right. You've gotta get a new wine skin. You've gotta get something that is unique and specially made to contain the substance of what I'm gonna put in it because this substance is so potent, it's so powerful you see, church, we're the new wineskin. When you gave your life to Jesus, guess what? You are now a new creature in Christ. The old has passed away. The new has come. You know what you used to be? And it talks about this in Corinthians. You just used to be kind of a regular utensil. Good for whatever, for washing, whatever like that. But now, guess what? Now you're a special if I could say utensil, you're, you're, you're a special tool now created for the master's use and the substance that God puts on the inside of you is so potent. It's so powerful. You need, it, 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 can, it, can, it can change people, it can change a city. You need to understand just how powerful the substance on the inside of you is. So Elisha says, okay, I need the new bowl, and now I'm gonna put the substance in the bowl. I'm gonna put salt. What does salt represent? Well, what did Jesus say about us? He said that we are what? The salt of the earth. And I think a lot of times people have uh, misinterpreted that. And when they talk, they say, we're the salt of the earth, like, like watch this, like, um, like our, our character is, you know, we, we preserve the earth and it's our character and we're different. And I mean, you could, yes, I understand all those things. All those things connect, but let's, let's kind of unpack. What did Jesus say? If salt loses its saltiness, it's not worthy for anything but to what? To be thrown out and to be trampled by men. Now, if it was our character, if it was our judgment, well, guess what? All of us 
have fallen short of that, haven't we? Haven't we all at times like had lapse in judgment or not uh, 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 demonstrated the right character in Jesus? We've all sinned, all that. Thank God for the grace of God. But watch, Jesus, he says, you're the salt of the earth. He also says, you're the light of the world. Okay, but what do we understand about the light of the world? That, okay, yes, we're the light of the world, but really Jesus is the light, right? We're the container for Jesus. He's the light of the world on the inside of us that we show to the world. Revelation says it this way, that we are the lampstand that holds up the light. So in that way, yes, the church is the light of the world, but what the church really is, it's the lampstand or it's the container that holds the light up Jesus. In the same way, watch, salt, what is salt? Salt is the gospel. It's the message of the gospel. If that gospel loses its core truth that Jesus is Lord, that he died to forgive us of our sins, that he was buried and he rose again, if that gospel, if it loses the core truth and its potency, it's not good for anything. That's why Paul said if anyone preaches, oh, I'm preaching now. That's why Paul said, that's why Paul said, if anyone preaches another gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be accursed, let him be trampled, let it be thrown out. It's no good. What is salt? Salt represents the gospel, the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. So watch this, look church, we as a church, you know why we're here? In Jacksonville, I, this, you could say this church, this is, the, this is the bowl. You know what we carry? Man, we carry the solution. This is, this is the skin, we carry the gospel. You see, there's so many hurting people out there. There's so many people that are desperate. There's so many people that are in hopelessness, man. People need help, people need love. Listen, society can only treat the symptoms, but the church treats the source. That's why I love my church. That's why I love the church. You can't replace the church. The church has a solution. We have the gospel. We have Jesus. You can't replace that. The church is the hope of the world. Man, I wish somebody would help me up in here. I'm telling you, the church, Touch your neighbor and say, pass the salt. Watch, 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 watch. You need healing in your body? We have the solution. Is there, is there, maybe you're here today and you've never really surrendered your life to Jesus and you're, you're bound in that sin and in that addiction and in that depression. I've got good news, gospel, good news. The solution is right here, and it's gonna go, go to that next scripture, look what happened. It says, then he went out to the source, everybody say the source. The source of the water, cast the salt in there and says, thus said the Lord. Do you see how the salt is interconnected with the word? Because the salt represents the gospel, the message that we carry and the person of that message, Jesus. Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water I have healed. By his stripes, we are healed. I have healed this water. What? Look, from it, there shall be no more death or barrenness. In other words, see, you guys are focused on the symptoms. You see the death, you see the barrenness, but you can't change the symptoms until you change the source. You... People are looking at our young, at this, this next generation, this generation of young people growing up and they're just like, man, what are we gonna do? It's, man, it's, it's the social media and I, I think the latest statistic I read was 60% of high schoolers have like thought about suicide. Like not like a pat, like thought about suicide. 60%, 50% of middle schoolers 
would have failed a, tr a stress test, would fail a stress test today, that in the 1950s, this same stress test, if you failed, would indicate that you needed psychiatric help. Our media is bombarding them with sin. If it feels good, do it. There's no restraints. Sexuality, just go for it. Listen to me. None of us have the right to do what we want to do sexually. None of us. I'm getting into a future series now, but I'm just, where do we get these ideas? What are we, animals? Unfortunately, that's what our colleges are teaching people. You came from, a, you evolved from a free form amino acid rock that turned into a frog, that turned into a bird, that turned into a monkey that shaved himself and became your great, 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 great granddad. So we came from monkeys, so why don't we just act like monkeys? There's no self-control, but watch, watch. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. See, watch. Watch. There's barrenness in our land. But thank God we have the solution. Watch this. The gospel, Christ died for your sins. Your sins can be removed as far as the east is from the west. I'm talking, you are washed totally clean. And watch this, watch this. He was buried, Romans 6, 6. He was buried. Our old man was crucified with him. He was buried that our body of sin might be done away with. Can I say something? Watch this. Your barrenness was buried and if you will believe in Jesus, I'm telling you, you can keep that barrenness buried and you can be raised in newness of life and you can experience the fruitfulness, the love, the joy, the peace, the self-control. Well, Stovall, I can't, I can't, I'm a sex addict or I'm a drug addict or I'm addicted to porn or I'm whatever. I just can't, I can't get, I just, I can't get any self-control. Oh yes, you can because Jesus, watch, the gospel, Jesus can come into your life and I'm telling you, if you will believe, stop saying no, you can't and start saying yes, I can because of Jesus. I choose, I choose to believe the gospel. I choose to believe God. I choose to believe Jesus. Is anybody hearing me up in here? Tell somebody, pass us all. Pass us all. That's what Elisha was telling. So watch this. So, so let's bring it home here. Let's say that you've been hurt. There's barrenness in your life because you've been hurt and you can't, you just, you can't forgive that person. I want to let you know today that the gospel is the power of God for salvation, for wholeness, for everyone who believes. Wholeness for everyone who believes. Here's what that means. Jesus is greater than whatever has caused that pain. And if you will believe that, he can bring resurrection life into that situation and he can enable you by his grace to forgive that person. You know why? Because the gospel is the power of God for wholeness, watch, for everyone. Your issue of unforgiveness or your issue of sickness or your issue of addiction or whatever that is, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what has happened to you. I'm telling you, Jesus is greater and the power of God is able to make you whole regardless of whatever you have experienced in life. So... So who wants to be on, who, who, who's had a real issue with unforgiveness? You're trying to, who wants to be honest and raise their hand? You have a real issue, unforgiveness. Okay, right, right here. 
Both of y'all, y'all trying to forgive each other? Y'all sitting right next to each other? Like, are y'all married right there? No, no, okay. I'll go like, no, like, husband and wife. Okay, watch. So I need you, I need you to pass the salt. Pass the salt, pass the salt, pass the salt. I need you to pass the salt. Can you hold it, you, can you hold it right there? Listen, man, listen, I've been there. I've been there, and I'm telling you that no matter what that hurt or no matter what that pain, you know, people that hurt us a lot, isn't it true, like, they don't deserve our forgiveness, most of them. They don't, they don't deserve it. That's why it's hard for us to forgive them, like, they've done something so bad, so wrong, because there's, like, their source is corrupted. All men's hearts are corrupted. They've hurt us. But the Bible says this, that we don't forgive someone because they deserve it. The Bible says we forgive people because Jesus forgave us. So the truth is none of us deserve that, right? But I will say this, watch this. When you get into something like that, into, into the heart, and it's something deep, and it's something personal, watch. You can't treat the symptoms. You gotta go to the source. And only the supernatural power of God, Jesus, can come in there and really bring grace so that you can forgive. So I just wanna say this to you, my friend. I wanna say that here's, here's all I know. I don't know your situation, but I do know this. I know that Jesus is greater than whatever you're dealing with, and if you'll just bring him into that situation, man, he'll, he'll make you whole in that area. And sometimes it won't be easy, but he will make you whole. Come on, can y'all give him a hand? Pass me that salt back. Now, the other thing that Elijah did, I need you to hold your head up. I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Y'all like, Pastor, getting weird up in here, man. He got salt going around, everybody. Come on, who, how about this one? Now, this would be a big one. Uh, what about marriage? Anybody wanna just say, man, we're, I'm having some struggles in my marriage with, that might be a big one because the husband and wife are in here. Okay, so we'll, we'll just move on from that one. <laughs> How about healing? Need healing in your mind and your emotions? I'm not gonna, right? You? Okay, I need you to pass, pass the salt. We're gonna pass, pass the salt. So here's what I know, okay? I know that Jesus, just like we see in this passage of scripture here, look. When Jesus goes to the source, watch. Healing is a byproduct of Jesus coming to the source of that situation. That's why the Bible says everywhere that Jesus went, what did he do? He destroyed the works of the enemy. Like Jesus, like Jesus and healing go hand in hand. How many of y'all remember the story of the paralytic guy? Remember the guy, and he, Jesus was in front of the Pharisees, and uh, he says, son, your sins are forgiven. And then he says, and rise, pick up your mat, and go home. He forgave him, and he healed him, okay? That's the gospel. Look, I've healed this water. There shall be no more death. That's the gospel. And the Pharisees said this. The Pharisees said, who are you to forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. So obviously, what was Jesus trying to do? Duh. Yeah, like I'm God, I'm the Messiah. That's why I did that. Like it's the first right answer you've given. Can just put two and two together, but he's not, he's not sarcastic, so he didn't answer him like that. But Jesus, Jesus said, with me, like which is easier to say? Be forgiven or be healed? In other words, like I can't separate those two things like you separate those two things in your mind. Salvation means wholeness, mind, body, and soul. And so here's what I know. If we will believe all of the gospel, not part of the gospel, not just the sins forgiven, not just the, the, the buried, but also that he rose again so we could have newness of life, so we could experience healing. And I'm not gonna get into specific things and 
why some people in their body don't experience that healing right now. Come on, we're all gonna be healed on the other side of heaven. Amen, Amen. I mean that healing. But, but we need to understand that what? Jesus is a healer. And I wanna tell you that by his stripes, you are healed. Come on, will you believe that? Will you believe that? Okay. Thank you. Look at this. Are y'all trying to kick me out? Victor, you trying to hurry me up? Show, show this scripture, look at this. Look at this. I've healed this water, look. Oh, Matthew, let me show you this real quick. Yeah, go to Matthew nine, go to Matthew nine. Can I have five more minutes? Five, 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 can, can I have 10, 10, 10, 10, I have 10 over there, I have 15, no, I'm just kidding. Come back tonight at five, you gotta hear the sheep bear message. Salt and she bears today. As Jesus, look, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Look what he said, follow me and be my disciple. Jesus said to him, so Matthew got up and followed him. Some of you are gonna do that in just a few minutes. Just a few moments, I'm gonna have an invitation. Some of you have never really followed Jesus. You're gonna follow Jesus today. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along, look at this, with many tax collectors. They were kind of like the mob back then, you know, kind of like the mob, rough crowd. Look, many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Not just like regular sinners, like a lot of us are, but like the disreputable sinners. That's, that's who I was. Like some translations say like notorious, like they were famous for sin. Was anybody else like that? Before Jesus, listen, I was famous for sin. I was like good at it. I flowed in it. I could do a lot of it. It was fun at the time, but boy, did I pay a big price later on. But look, Jesus has all these guys over and then keep going 11. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scone? Oh man. Religion, you know what religion does? Religion always, see here's the thing about the gospel. The gospel is messy. It's for messy people. Does anybody have a mess in their life, man? That's what the gospel, that's why Jesus, Jesus came. God knows how to clean up your mess. That's why Jesus, I've said this before, I believe that's why Jesus came to Bethlehem. He was born in Bethlehem and not Jerusalem or Athens or Rome or one of those big prestigious cities. Man, Bethlehem was the messy, the dirty, the outcast, the lawless, the gangsters. He was born in a manger with smells and animals and all that kind of stuff. And here we see Jesus coming into a house with the most messy people of the community. And you know where they put him? Right at the table. Come on, because you know what's always on the table. Salt. And the, the, the religion pushes back with that. Look what Jesus says. Go to verse 12. Jesus heard this. He said, like, hey, healthy people, whole people, wholeness, healthy people, they don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Just look at the person near you and say, you sicko, you sick. Doesn't that feel good? Some of y'all have been wanting to say that for so long. I'm just, pastor's giving you permission here. Get it out, therapeutic. Sick people do. Verse 13, then he added, I love this. Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. See, we have a lot of people learning scripture, but they're not learning the meaning of the scripture. A lot of people go to church, they don't understand the meaning of church. That's what this series is supposed to help us understand. Look, look, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices, for I've not come to call, for I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. Listen, church, celebration church, we're always gonna be a church, it's gonna be a little bit messy. If you want people 
to look a certain way or dress a certain way or always act a certain way, you're not gonna find that in this church. You wanna know why? Because we're bringing the solution to the source. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus took the gospel, he took the solution where those people are. You wanna know why we're doing more campuses next year? Because we need to bring the solution to the source. We gotta get the gospel to people. You know why we invite people to church? Why you should invite people to church? Because this is where they can get the source or their source can be treated. Society can treat the symptoms, only the gospel can treat the source. Think about this, transformation in the heart of a human being, bringing them from death to life, bringing them from darkness to light, adopting them as a child of God, transforming them from the inside out, not the outside in. You want the solution for racism? Watch, society can try to treat that symptom all they want and they should. But I'm telling you this, the solution, the permanent solution, those waters are healed and there's gonna be no death or barrenness. The solution is in the gospel of Jesus because in Jesus, there's no color. In Jesus, there's no socioeconomic background. In Jesus, we're all under his blood. In Jesus, come on. So I'm gonna ask, please, please, no one move. Just give me a few more moments because we're about to have a very serious part of the service. But I wanna say this, it was about a year ago. It's about this time, last year. And I was actually in a fast and I was seeking God and I felt like that the Holy Spirit really spoke to me, like it was a shake up kind of encounter with God. And the Holy Spirit said, Stovall, we're, we're going to war. So I tried to process that, okay, like, what does that mean? Like, we're going to war, you and I, you know, what? Trying to process that. And then I felt like God said, we're going to war for the youth of this city and the youth of this nation. And here's what I feel like God showed me. God showed me where the enemy, listen, there's a real, listen, regardless of what you believe, I'm telling you there is a real unseen war going on right now for the souls of humanity. And God said the enemy, his beachhead, where he's attacking, his beachhead is the youth. And he said, Stovall, if you'll shift some priorities in the church and if you'll change some things, and if you will make youth, watch this, God says that's, that's the source. That's the source. If you reach the youth in society, watch, the symptoms will start to take care of themselves. If we'll go and reach the next generation, that's the now generation, if we'll make that the focus, if we'll go after the source of where the battle is, the beachhead, God's saying everything else will start to line up and everything else will start to be fruitful. So church, I wanna thank you for being a church that understands that we are in an unseen war and there's a battle for souls going on, but come on, we have the gospel, it's the power of God. And I'm telling you, listen, you can, you can be healed. You can be healed, your marriage can be resurrected. You can forgive people, the gospel's the power of God. Jesus is greater, he's greater than that situation. If you will believe it, if you will walk it out, if you will stand fast, even when your circumstances don't line up, I'm telling you, you will see the power of the gospel come through in your life, okay? And we believe that, and I don't apologize for that. I'm just telling you right now, we're, 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 a, we're a spicy church. We're salty, man. We're salty, we don't, we don't, we, we're not a bland church, we're a salty church. We believe in the power of the gospel. So here's what I wanna do, I wanna put that scripture right back up here, Matthew. Who's this for? Look at this. 
says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew. Here's what I'm gonna do right now. I'm sure Matthew wouldn't mind. He's a Christian, he has to forgive me anyway. I'm just gonna blot his name out. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a person, man, woman, name, put your name in that blank. Don't worry about this tax collecting stuff. And he said, follow me and be my disciple. So Matthew got up, everybody say got up, and followed him. I want you to ask yourself, put your name in that blank. I want you to ask yourself, are you truly following Jesus? Are you truly following Jesus? And if you're not, if you're not truly following Jesus, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to do that right now. This is the essence of the message of the gospel. It starts with you following Jesus, accepting him as your Lord and Savior, following him. Let him come into your life, let him bring, let him touch your source, your heart, and transform you, bring you eternal life. And what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna count to three, and if, 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 if you're a person, if you say, Silva, I don't know if I've ever followed Jesus, or maybe I did at one time, but I'm not really following him now, you know who you are. If you need to follow Jesus, if you wanna be like Matthew, he got up and followed him on the count of three. I want you to get up. He got up, get up out of your seat. And I want you to come right here for a closing prayer. And I'm telling you, I'll say to you what Jesus said to Matthew, and that is this, that salvation will come to your house today. And that you can experience the power and the person of the gospel right here and now. But you've got to get up and you've gotta follow Jesus. So I'm gonna to count to three. If that's you, if you know you need to follow Jesus, you're not really following Jesus, I want you to come to this altar. I'm not gonna do it again, I need you to be bold. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven, but if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. You gotta go public, you gotta get up out of that seat and get down here right now. On the count of three, all campuses, ready, one, two, Three, come on down here right now. Come on down, here they come. Come on, come on, come on. Hey, maybe you brought somebody. Maybe you brought somebody. Ask them if they need to come down. Come on, get up and follow Jesus. Get up, 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 get up. Get up and come follow Christ. Come on, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that seat, get up out of that seat. Get up and come follow Jesus. Come on, Orange Park. Come on, St. John's, y'all, come on. Get up out of those seats. Get up, get up, get up. Oh, come on, we're passing the salt today. Come on, we're passing the salt today. Man. Oh, it's such a great day. We are passing the salt. Come on, come on. Get up, get up, get up. If you need to come, come on. Church, one more time at all of our locations. Let's just give everybody a big, big hand. It's awesome. Oh, it's so good. Hey, I'm gonna look. Oh man, this is awesome. Come on, we got room. Put a lot of salt up in here. We got, we got, we got room. Hey, y'all. Uh, it was cool. Let me tell you the story. Story real quick. I know I'm going long today, but next, next Sunday I won't. Y'all believe that? I won't, I won't. That's my faith answer though, don't. Listen, so, so this week I was at the doctor's office and I met this girl at the doctor's office. And she said, oh yeah, you know, you pastor that church. And uh, she said, I went there one time and she's like, I could tell, she's like, I really need to get back to church. I really need to get back to church. And she said, you know, this friend of mine brought me. And uh, you know, I was like, yes. It's like, yes, you need to get, you need to get back to church. You need to, to get back to that relationship with God. Come on, I started to pass the salt. See, we're carrying wherever we go. Wherever we go, church, we're carrying that substance 
that can transform lives. So as soon as I got out of the doctor's office, um, I called a person, a staff member that I knew, knew the girl that had brought her to church. And I said, call her and tell her this friend of hers wants to go to church, wants to come to the church. She said, all right. So long story short, I'm preaching this message today. And guess who comes down the aisle to follow Jesus? So I wanna say this. I'm saying that to say this, look, you've gotta carry the salt everywhere you go. You've gotta carry the message of the gospel everywhere you go. You have no idea how much power that you have that's available for you and for those that are around you. Come on, are y'all ready for a fresh start? We're gonna pray right now. Let's up. Church, help me pray. All of our locations, help me pray. I'm gonna lead you on a prayer. It's a real simple prayer and just mean it with your hearts. And it's just gonna be a great day for you, okay? And uh, church, let's help them pray it, okay? Say this, say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. And Jesus, I follow you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, I repent of my sin. And I thank you for forgiving me and giving me everlasting life. Thank you that I have a fresh start. It's a new day. I'm saved and I'm following you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Okay, look, my one thing, before Leighton gives you some news, listen, my one thing that I say to everyone, listen, come back next week. Some of y'all been coming to church, some of you haven't, but here's what I find. Every time people come down and say a prayer like this, remember I talked about the unseen war going on? Listen, the enemy will try to keep you out of church now. He'll try to keep you out of church. Why? Because you've, you've tapped into the solution. You've tapped into your purpose. He wants to keep you out of church. So whatever you do, don't let things come against you to keep you out of church next Sunday. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.